Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. And um, yeah, like we we're just kind of talking offline right now. What a what a Monday. Um, I am more than happy just to just kind of take a pause and talk about dodgeball. And um, real quick, how do you say your last name? Is it Hutter? Uh, yeah, it's it's Hutter. Hutter, gotcha. And um, I guess what we could do is just kind of start from the like the preliminary questions. So um, what team do you currently play for? Or what are you best known for in the dodgeball community? Um, uh, that is a good question. So I'm from the North. Um, I played on my team has been for the past two years, but we just transitioned, uh, into Enigma for this year. Well, it was supposed to be this year. So we'll see how that ha happens. Gotcha. Um, and then I just broke into the East coast. Um, so I play, well, I will hopefully be playing on clutch mode for co-ed and, a new team called Frenzy for Women's. Gotcha. Fren frenzy? Oh, yeah. Like, like, I'm, like in a, I'm in a Frenzy. Frenzy. Okay. I don't know why I like friend as in friend Z. Like, that's <laughs> that's where my brain's at. Good sure. job, Steve. <laughs> but um, it's so funny. Actually, I'm so glad you, you mentioned the has been. So, um, as you know, because you reached out to me in the uh, the Dodgeball podcast like Facebook page, um, we had talked about the has beens, and yeah. <laughs> we wanted to set the record straight. Like, you're like just just for the record. Like, we've been playing for a long time. We're actually really good. Yep. We're not a bunch of. <laughs> however, um, I think I probably ping painted as like, oh, that's funny that these guys are probably not that good, and they're calling themselves out. And I, I'm pretty sure it was more tactful than that, but. Uh, you actually, and I, I do intend to go back to these um, once I knock out some of the remaining OG panels, but minisodes where it's just like, I'm going to take maybe 20, 30 minutes tops to just address things that came my way. And so that was a really good inspiration for that because the next episode after that, we had talked about some of the, the miscues and misspeaks of mine, which unfortunately there seems to be a lot from time to time. But um, I really did appreciate that. And, and ever since then, you just kind of showed up as a blip on my radar and then... <laughs> seen you um on the social media and, and some of your posts i was like oh this would be a really awesome person to talk to you so in case anybody's wondering um that was kind of my motivation for it and then also just that you're from the north as well um definitely want to include you on some of the recaps when they actually do happen when there's something to recap so yeah i would love to i'm glad i'm not like i remember you being in the north so i'm glad that happened and just like okay ohio is is it either oh, or, or like, does it, does it fall under the north or is it east or? Technically, okay, yeah. So technically Ohio is north, um, but there are a lot of people from Ohio or on like the Cleveland, Columbus area that travel to the east. Okay. We're kind of like that perfect sweet spot where we can go to both regions pretty equidistantly. Gotcha. But you have more time in the north, right, from like NCDA, I think? Yes, awesome. I have lots of play from an NCDA. And that is also one of the things I wanted to get into too. So when we did, when I did the the OG North panel part two discussion with uh, Devin and um, and Felix, they had mentioned you as well. I was like, oh, well, it just so happens I'll be talking to her next week. Um, and silly me, the only note I took was women. So I think I know what to do or where, where I want to go in with that, but we'll definitely um, diff want to kind of catch up a little bit more on the, on the, uh, on who you are. So um play for enigma um and frenzy and clutch mode but um do you have like the same number for all the teams yeah so um 
I started off playing dodgeball with the number infinity. And I know that's not technically a number, but I've had it for eight years. And then when I went and I came to elite it, I was reading the rules and it said it had to be like an integer or it had to be like a whole number or something. So I was like, okay, um, I'll be 28. There's really no rhyme or reason for it. I just really like the number 28. So just cause, yeah, that's just cause. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. So somebody wanted to be the symbol pie for my team. Yeah. And like, we were able to get away with that back in the day just cause we're being, you know, kind of silly. But then I was yeah. like, okay, it's done. You're, you're going to be a, a double digit number and that's it. Or a single digit. I'll have yeah, no more it, of this. What's that? It's cool for like a moment. And then when you're playing seriously, you're like, okay, this, I'm kind of over this. Thank you so much. <laughs> I still love infinity. Like I have so many jerseys that have infinity. I honestly should have just got number eight because it makes the most sense. Yeah, I was so this far. I can't change. Yeah, I mean it's it's already well, you can always change, but like so I eight's my favorite number and I, I do like that it really easily transfers into the infinity sign, but why why did you like eight so much? Or no It's the same infinity turn sideways. <laughs> That's why. And why? Oh, um, so I have a undergrad in math. Mm. So it was kind of a play on that. Gotcha. And it was kind of like a rebellious, like infinity is not technically a number. So I'm like super angsty or edgy when I was younger. Gotcha. That's probably why that one kid, uh, David Kegler wanted to be pi. He's likes math and he's like, can I be pi? I'm like, you know what? Whatever, man. Like you, you already character as it is. Like it's just dodgeball, but yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> I will have none of that tomfoolery. Yeah. Now. Exactly. <laughs> um, infinity so i think infinity and i just like i'm already fighting off an existential crisis but is it is it just the concept that you like or like what oh i like technically that's my favorite number um just from like all the theorems and all of my history and math like it's all of the numbers combined you can't even count to it it's impossible to count to it's infinite so i thought that was always intriguing so is it well, I kind of wondered that, but I kind of don't. I probably sound like an idiot. But is it is it a concept then? It's not like an actual specific. It's not a number, right? It can't be. Like it just. It's, it's a limit. Right. It's like yeah. So it's not an actual number. Okay. Yeah. Again, just thanks for the not being able to sleep tonight. Because I'll be thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, think about that when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I just because I immediately go to like you know the 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 decimal is like 3.9999 repeating, of course, and then it just repeats mm -hmm. forever. And you're like, well, is there ever? Is it ever complete? Does it ever move to four? And then, yeah, I'm, no. I'm gone. I will not be sleeping tonight, but um, <laughs> so be it. Um, so 28, no real reason, just because it kind of had eight in there and looked cool, maybe. That's about it. Yeah. That works. And we already established that you live in Ohio. Um, where exactly in Ohio? Um, so I live in Menor, Ohio, which is a suburb outside of Cleveland. So Cleveland's fine. Gotcha. Born and raised or? No, um, I'm actually from Portland, Oregon, hmm. but I moved to Ohio in high school. Did you ever play dodgeball in Oregon while you're in high, um, before? I did a couple of weeks ago, um, but not when I was growing up there. Gotcha. Um, I went out there for work a few weeks ago and I actually reached out to Sean um, from rainbows. And I was like, Hey, do you guys have any open gyms this week? I'm in town. And he was like, actually, yeah. So huh. 
him and Alan like found me a spot on a team with um, Britt Daughtry or Darty or I think it's Daughtry. I can't remember her last name. Pretty sure it's Daughtry. Um, but yeah, so I played with um, them in their playoffs and it was amazing. So yes, I have played dodgeball in Portland. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Sean Anderson, terrible guy, but I'm just kidding. He's fine. I just <laughs> I'm really trying to propagate the angry skyscraper like aspects. Any any tall person joke, I'm just gonna throw it right back at him just because it's. <laughs> it's just funny just acknowledge this guy's really tall and i appreciate it i like it yeah he's he's actually a pretty good guy and then so is uh alan thomas and i, I feel like that's mm-hmm. one of the greatest things about one of the many great things about the community like hey is there any what's the random chance of dodgeball happening this week and more often than not like you can get plugged right in like immediately so oh yeah it's awesome i love it what was it like playing with them um it was fantastic so that was probably it was the most intense and competitive open gym. Well, I mean it was playoffs, but that I've experienced. Um, but it was still like really fun. Like afterwards, they all went to like the bar across the street and had played games and had a beer, and they like all invited me out. So it was my favorite type of environment. That's Super awesome. competitive and intense, but afterwards, you guys are all buddies and you go get a beer afterwards. That's cool. That's how it, it was be. fun. It's definitely how it should be. Um, I played in Oregon in Corvallis with the Beaver Damnation guys. Um, oh, yeah. I know what I played. Brandon Cook is like probably the only person that's not obviously relevant. That sounds mean, but that's currently playing. Koiv came from there too. And um, same thing. It was like one of one of the most fun I've ever had. Um, just yeah. plug right in. I'd, I'd known Kevin Pack for years. And uh, that's where I was like nobody knew who I was and I was kind of decent at the time. So I was able to just kind of just sneak up on unsuspecting kids I'm like oh who's this scrub over here who just came out of nowhere and i was just catching everything and it was, it was fun until they they realized oh yeah this is this is steve he's from az he's been playing for a while this is steve this is steve um <laughs> but yeah that's if there's one thing i could do if i could afford it i would just go to like every single dodgeball hub for like yeah it's, it's like euro trip or like dodgeball trip yeah there's gotta be like a once everything is back to normal um that might be one of the things i try to do you know just figure out how tax write-offs work and maybe maybe do that yeah yeah this is is a business trip i'm a businessman (laughs) um kind of wanted to ask uh segue real quick how is how's the whole covid thing treating you just i know this is a little out of left field but just kind of thinking about like when things go back to normal but what's it been like for you for cohen yeah for covid the whole like oh uh, covid oh okay um oh uh I've been okay. I've been keeping busy. It's, I think it's starting to affect me now. I'm, I'm completely like losing my strength. I can only lift so many bags of dog food, you know, Oh man. as weights, but <laughs> <laughs> just like, a I'm makeshift. not kidding. I actually have like my makeshift gym in my living room. I have like a 40 pound bag of dog food and like a 50 pound bag of Costco cat litter, like that I'm using for weights. Oh man, <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I admire the, uh, I admire like the, is, is the ingenuity? Is that the right word? Like just the, well, this is what I have, so I'm going to use it. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I just, actually, I just found um, on Amazon the, the last place that is selling sandbags, like how like CrossFit people do it. Right. So I just got it today. So I'm really excited to start doing that. God, I feel bad for, feel bad for people in your situation. Like, and I say this with all the humility and gratitude in the world, but like, I still have access to like a small gym at, at uh, work. 
And I'm it's so like, jealous. I know. And I, I feel almost bad saying it and everything now because it's going to be taken away from me watch. But <laughs> when I, yeah, uh, tomorrow we're going to shut it down. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know what? This is a cesspool of COVID. And we're already saying that the military can't be within six feet. So it's done. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, gosh dang it. But yeah, when I lost uh, <clears throat> the gym that I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, I, I just, I, I was lost. I just went to like this deep downward spiral of Taco Bell and self pity and, it's hard. Like once it makes it like once it makes its way into part of your everyday life, it's, yeah. it's hard to just make do. So, yeah, no, I, I trust me. I feel it. I think that's when it hit me. Cause I was like, Oh, it's fine. I can stay home. I can stay busy. It's fine. And then like they took my gym and I was like, no, don't do that. You ever watch a uh, game of Thrones? Yes. So when, um, Tywin Lannister is like, they have my son. Like he just says it like super yeah. angry. That's, yes. That's how I felt about they took my gym. Like they have my gym. Like I know. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so glad you got that reference. See, I, oh, I, I have, my cat is named Khaleesi. So, oh, you know. what up? <laughs> awesome. Is that your favorite character? It was until the end. <laughs> Let's pretend season eight didn't happen. Let's say it ended after the Battle for the Dawn. Would you still be your favorite character? Yeah, but then I really liked Arya, <laughs> like a lot. Yeah, she was pretty cool. But I, I, I respect Khaleesi. Like she's a boss. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, they're gonna say went to Game of Thrones real quick. I just feel like they took all this time to build her, but they didn't spend as much time to deconstruct her and show that descent. Like it's it sticks a lot oh, yeah. of like assumptions for us to just follow through with, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just pure lazy writing. Yeah, well, that was very weird. Yeah, I still like I said, if it, if it, I just in my mind, it ended after the Battle for the Dawn. It was incredible. I can just make up the rest of the ending on my own, and I agree. <laughs> maybe some magical day, J.R.R. Martin will finish the dang series, and we can have something to get us through these these times. But um, maybe he's working on it now. You would think like now would be the perfect time to just. Yeah. Give us something that's going to make us sad again because that's one thing <laughs> that show really did really well. <laughs> Just like straight deadpan and uh, we're done. <laughs> yep. And we're done. But um, all right. We have to watch the, the rabbit holes, but it's probably going to happen. So going back to, to Dodgeball. Um, so when, when about did you start and what got you into it? Oh, man. Um, I started playing dodgeball in college open gym mm, 2010. Yeah. Was this the result of NCDA or like had you played before that ever? Uh, no, I never even played in high school or school. Um, nice. So I was just like wandering around my dorm in college. And then my, <laughs> my friends RA, um, this is kind of how we became friends. Like we walked past his dorm and then we both are obsessed with the same band 10 years. And then we got, we started talking. Um, and then he was like, Hey, you should come to dodgeball tonight. It was like Friday night dodgeball. And then it wasn't really like, Hey, you should come. It was like, you're going to come with us. Like we need people come play with us. I'm like, all right, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> so that's kind of where it all started. Went there, um, kind of jumped in and then, fell in love with it. I was like, you can throw these huge rubber balls so fast at people. 
hit people in the face and then high five and then still be friends. This is amazing. It's got a and lot this was pinch. This was 8.5 pinch. And you still were like, this is incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I was hooked immediately. I was like, I want to do this. Cause like at the time it wasn't really like super co-ed. It was only like a couple girls or like the girlfriends that the guys would make play. Um, so it was like, me a girl going against all these like big dudes i'm like yeah let's do it sorry i don't mean to curse oh i appreciate that and that's that's totally fine i'll just i'll leave it i'm sorry <laughs> no worries um but yeah it was kind of like the fight or flight instinct and i i think i have the fight instinct so it was my favorite sport from then on that's actually <clears throat> that's a really good point because to just dive right into pinch of all things, especially with the way you guys play. Um, it's fair. Yeah. Dodgeball is like I'm trying to dance around what I'm trying to say here without sounding dumb. Just say it. Dodgeball is not really something that girls pick up with right away, let alone pinch like the most hardcore of it. Right. So I was actually going to ask like, what, what is it about you that looks at this pinch craziness and thinks, yeah, that's, that's what I want. Is oh, it- I'm trying not to be like NCDA is like pinch is the best, you know, that, that argument, but like I've played every ball type and every division now, and it is by far the most difficult and most intense. And I love it because especially like being able to throw a ball like against physics basically, and then hitting someone square in the chest and like leaving that massive red mark and then they can't catch it because it's going so fast. It's just like, it's like the biggest compliment, at least to me. Like if I hit someone in the chest or like if they can't catch my ball, that's like a huge, that's like a win for me. That's like a check. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, definitely dig into that too. And so when I, when I started playing, which is thousands of years ago, like back in 2004, 2005, it was really hard to get uh, females to play because they would just, it, it'd be like, oh, my girlfriend's going to play or, you know, my friend's friend or you get that occasional I don't want to say psycho, but the one that just loves the, yeah. the the sports in general. So they're usually very very athletic. I think now it's a lot easier to get them in. So I just wanted to like just say when I said that earlier, I'm basing this off of first starting out, and we did we did play pinch back in the day. We we played with any kind of spherical object you can find that was not awesome. you know like a rock. So I, I did experience that like I'm gonna pinch this thing and it's gonna corkscrew or just I know what it's gonna do. I couldn't explain why. I just know it's gonna bank at the last second and dip into this guy's chest and he can't do anything about it. And it's, it is a cool feeling, but we stopped playing in 2007. Like the NDL is all no more pinching. And so we lost that. So our version of pinch is nowhere near what 2010 would have been. So. Yeah. Well, it's changed a lot, the whole dynamic. So it wasn't, the environment wasn't like, I'm going to kill you. It wasn't really serious. I think the reason why I stick with it, I stuck with it so much is because at the school that I went to, um, it was super social. Like I said, like you hit someone or you get somebody out and you high five them. Like, even if you hit someone in the face, that was like a trophy. We would actually end games if we got a big face shot hmm. and then they would high five and it was like, you earned respect. Um, and that was kind of the culture of NCDA at the time. That's really cool. Um, but it was, it was a lot more like laid back and goofy and fun now it's definitely more competitive and it's definitely more serious. 
yeah I but definitely... it's, it's so fun like but it, it's not the same gotcha yeah it's just crazy like how much has changed from like 2005 to 2010 and then obviously 10 years later um because yeah it's definitely the competitive aspect is completely changed like just complete yeah. difference between it's, it's a legitimate sport now they made it they have molded it into a serious competitive sport yep and uh having conventional numbers helps make that happen so uh, yeah <laughs> definitely james you and your wine trying to be 666 absolutely not sir um <laughs> yeah i did I had to squash that as a, as a team captain i had to be that square but like no that's just not gonna fly but um, <laughs> so what would uh, did you mention what school this was so it was a college open gym but what what school yeah. um so i went to kent state university in ohio gotcha and it was really just randomly walking to a friend's dorm and someone grabbed you said come play dodgeball with us and that's all it took yeah mike clements i'm giving you a shout out you were the man that started my dodgeball career nice is uh mike clements still playing dodgeball um no but he comes to like open gym from time to time gotcha it's the crazy thing is like you never know like when you bring somebody in you never know who you're bringing in. You're, you might be bringing in um, the next Sam, for example, you, the next me, the next Dylan, God forbid, the next Ketchum. Um, <laughs> yeah. You just never yeah. know. Like it's, they might like it and they might like it so much that they become contributors to the sport or just they're very active and they might recruit other people. So, well, Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already seen it. Um, even people after me um, that have come up, even in the, the same school, Kent State, um, like Cassie Weaver, um, she came to an open gym and uh, she kind of got lit up by a couple guys and then she kept coming back and she earned my respect and look at her now. She's playing in the East. She's playing competitively. Like she's killing it. And there are others, but I mean, same, same idea. It's awesome. I love it. So how would you replicate that? If you're trying to, if you're trying to grow the sport and you're trying to find more women to play, like how do you how do you mass produce more Sams? Like is that even possible? And that, that's kind of what I, I like to ask. What got you into dodgeball? Because someday I would like to come back to this question and just like cherry pick a lot of the good takeaways. But if I was trying to recruit you, so to speak, like how would I do that? Um. Well, <laughs> I was a lot more angsty when I was younger, so it was like I'm gonna take down a bunch of dudes, and it's socially acceptable to throw things and hurt people, but it's still like fun. Um, I think if you were driving to get numbers just to get numbers socially, it's like you would say, oh, hey, it's fun. Um, if you're in college, we drink afterwards. That was a big um, attraction. There was a dodgeball party house. Um, it was very like, it was a big friend group that got a lot of women in. Um, but for me, for the next Sam, it was, hey, you can travel the country, play schools, um, throw really, really, really hard hit people square in the face, in the chest. <laughs> um, and just that really, really competitive environment. So it could be- That nice. sounds bro but it's that's kind of how I am. I, I like that intensity. I like the competition. Well, I actually appreciate that because it's from, you know, I'm looking at it like, how would I do this? Like, it, it makes sense. Like not every single ad or flyer is going to appeal to the same person. You got to change the message up based on what you're trying to attract. And so, yeah, a lot of people will come in for the fun and the social aspects, 
and then they might play once or twice and they'll be it or they'll play occasionally but if you're trying to get like the the hardcore people that are going to really get into the sport then maybe you got to change your angle a little bit so it can make yeah. sense yeah like, yeah I, that's i mean if i was trying to find some more girls i mean that's what i'd say i'm like hey it's not a gender thing you can totally kill it out there you can do it i think it's more of like positive reinforcement right um that's what i try to push with a lot of um people not even just women just people in general um that are new to the sport like my i dragged my husband to play and my brother-in-law to play um, and I was like, you can do it. Like, don't get intimidated by these like hard throwers or all these catchers, like just keep working at it. And it was kind of like that driving that positivity, but still that intensity. Um, and they're still playing now. So I think that really works well with people. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, I almost want to say it's like short sighted to just think, okay, in order to get more people, I just have to focus on fun and the drinking aspect like no like you can go ahead and still focus on the competitive as we we're saying and then also reinforce that though like like still kind of bring that community aspect to it like okay we're still gonna be cool with each other still gonna high five still gonna continue to let people know that there's more to this game than just right you just experience right here like you can move on to playing against other colleges or eventually go to elites or um, what have you and just kind of just keep working on okay we got them in the door now we got to keep them it's all about the retention, I guess. Uh, the community aspect definitely keeps people around. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, if you're brand new to dodgeball and you start playing, um, chances are you're probably going to get wrecked if you go into a super competitive environment. But that community aspect really keeps them there. It makes people want to come back and want to improve and get better. Um, at least for me. Like, that's that's how I see it. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And then, yeah, just asking the question, like, how do I get more Sam's, but also how do I get more and just kind of build the, like the, what were they called in marketing? Um, customer personas. There we go. And just, yeah. Instead of like one shotgun blast, hope this gets everybody just, yeah, kind of segmented a little bit. I'm also thinking out loud about that one. It's like, hmm, how would I, because I've been wanting to start a chapter here at ASU for a long time and I, I keep, just getting segued and sidetracked by responsibilities, but keep asking myself, okay, if I was going to do this, you know, how would I, like, how does Cactus Dodgeball get who they get? Is it all just word of mouth? Um, I know that they got a lot of social media going on, but at the end of the day, like, um, how, what's that? You guys, you guys have it down. I don't know how you guys got started, but Cactus Dodgeball is like iconic. <laughs> That's awesome to hear just cause I come from it. And, um, I don't know if they're listening, but grace is huge. Um, Cooch is huge on that, and then so is Kenny. Kenny is um, just a, a madman when it comes to awesome content, and it is so cool. And I follow you guys' Instagram, and it's like catch of the day and all these like highlight reels, and it's just it makes people feel good because it makes if it, it makes them feel recognized, and just seeing that and spreading it, it's just that's awesome. Like I wish there was more cactus dodgeballs around. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, okay, like asking the question towards us now like how do we make more of you like how do we bring this out to some honestly that we don't know about? it just takes motivated people yeah that I'm, I'm assuming it takes a lot of time and effort to continuously do this and the media and editing film and all of that so it's it takes dedication you have to have a couple people that are dedicated and consistently putting forth the effort 
For sure. And then going back to like, you never know who you're bringing into the, into the dodgeball mix. Like very lucky that day, Grace decided she wanted to play dodgeball. Very lucky that day, Hoosh decided to play. And same thing with, um, uh, what's her, what's his face? Kenny and yeah. Tony and all them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things we, we might kind of revisit towards the end of the interview just to see like, how do we boost our numbers? But I kind of wanted to ask, because I do want to go back to that fight or flight instinct. Um, by asking what, what sports did you play growing up? If any, uh, I think I played the wrong sports. <laughs> also. Um, I played soccer for 12 years and then I did swimming in college, but not competitively, just like a master swim league. Hmm. So no hand-eye coordination sports, no throwing sports. <laughs> so I just throw the, uh, what sports helped you at dodgeball just out the window then. Yeah, and I wasn't even goalie in soccer, so there was absolutely no <laughs> sports that would help me play dodgeball. <laughs> well, what about like the like the concept of teamwork and maybe a little bit or just court presence, at least for soccer, because you're still fine. You're still like there's one ball that you gotta follow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, soccer for sure. Um, but even just playing in college, like you just jump in and you're on a team and you have to support each other. That I mean, people learn pretty quick that this is a team sport. It's not a solo sport. Hmm. See, you just might have that built in. Like, I'm I choose to fight reaction. Like, have you always been uh, that way? Or yeah, <laughs> I definitely do. Huh. Yeah. So I, I just wonder if that's like, if that's just how people are born, or if it's something that, if you nurture it, it just becomes habit, and just like. What these people are throwing seventy mile per hour balls at each other super hard? Heck yeah, sign me in. Like I, I want, I want a piece of that. Versus, oh no, I don't want to get hurt, and what have you. I think it's both because when I was playing, when I first started playing, I did not have that like catcher mentality. It was definitely jump out of the way, get away from the ball. If I don't have a ball, just dive anywhere yeah. else. Um, but then over time. Um, I kind of adapted to the, all right, don't close your eyes, face the ball, no fear. So I think it's, I think it's both. Like you have to have that drive and intensity of like fighting back, but then you also need to learn to focus those skills and really build those skills up. I think you're right. I think it's both. Yeah. One day I'll have all these mysteries solved just by, I'm really (laughs) just, what's that? You can publish a memoir. <laughs> exactly. That, that's all this is. It's just one big note gathering session for, for down the road. I'm just going to unleash the secrets of dodgeball five to 10 years from now. <laughs> um, but it is definitely something I like to ask because it's, it's always, um, cause I used to run Tucson dodgeball back in the day. Um, if people listen to this podcast, they probably know that already, but, um, I would always ask that like, okay, what, what distinguishes the Chris Bells from the Brett Baxter's from the Chris Mirhoffers from the Jackie Thomas's? like, how do I get more of them? And it's weird. Cause they just kind of find you as long as you keep doing your thing, you keep making dodgeball accessible, but like very rarely would somebody like Brett Baxter, for example, he came in and his first league night broke his hand. And then when most people would be like, you know what, this isn't for me. I got hurt really bad. I'm done. I'm young. I want to do other stuff. He's like, I want more. So he just awesome. Yeah. He, he, he went, he actually kind of like tripled down cause he left, brought back more friends, coached them. And when it was time to play again, he, the second that cast was off, he was out there and it's like, I'm just looking at him like, man, you were, you're just like 
the perfect, like you were what I want because I, I love that people play, but out of 10 people, you know, seven of them are, are never going to come back, but it's like, how do I, how do I make more of you? So that's always something that even to this day, I still ask, like when I look around and seeing who's playing open gym at cactus, it's like, how do we get more of you guys? So it's, I think it's also a personality thing. Yeah. Um, you can get 20 people through the door, but if they don't have that same personality or mindset of how, what was his name? Baxter, Brett, Brett Baxter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as he did, they're probably not going to stay. Um, no, and it's, it's maybe it's a numbers game then like, yeah, I think it's, um, at least with like seeing the type of people in like college and then seeing the type of people in elite, um, or sorry, USA dodgeball, it's definitely like, um, a mindset and a personality than just, Oh, I'm just going to come play dodgeball and it's not a big deal. Like it's important and it matters to people. I'm thinking of like the can't fit a square peg into a round hole. Like it's, it's a numbers game. They're out there. You just have to cast the net very wide and hope that they filter through and you get more of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find out where they go. Where, where, where do people like you hang out, Brad? I'm just going to shout at you for like two weeks. Don't, don't mind me. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy because like we, it was a U of A dodgeball charity tournament, and it was it's called the Balls for Balls. It was totally done by frat boys. It's gonna be a complete crap show, and it was in the mud, and it was just so dumb. And the charity Wait, was mud. Yeah, well, actually, the the play became epic, but just the thought process that went to it, it was just yeah, frat frat boys doing. Hey, we're gonna do like a we're gonna do like a Balls for Balls tournament, and we're gonna donate to testicular cancer. Um, because somebody's trolling, obviously, like they're trolling yeah. for their volunteer yeah. thing. And so when I got the invite, I was like, pass. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, it's at the U of A. I'm going to round up like 12 of my best men, uh, 12 of my best guys. And like, we're going to make two teams. And then hopefully of all these drunken frat kids, um, there'll be one or two that actually like what we're doing, like how we play. And they want to come back. And sure enough, that was Brett and his crew. So yeah, because usually they're athletic and they're fun and they can play. Yep. <laughs> and, there, and it was cool because he, he looked like he just fit the model D bag. I was like, I hate this guy. <laughs> he comes back. He's like, oh crap. He's, he's here now. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but enough about me. Sorry. Um, no, it's cool. I appreciate <laughs> it. I like it. Yeah. No, it's just, it reminds me of like, just again, talking about numbers and, and the best way to go about it. But, um, hey, I, I get it. I completely understand the numbers game, <laughs> especially trying to recruit. Yeah. So actually it might be a, a good segue now then. Um, so the comment I got was, yeah, Sam is actively recruiting women. So what was that look like for you? Um, good, actually. Um, in the North has been struggling to create a women's division forever, from what I've learned. Um, I just started playing um, a, a league here in Cleveland um, in the winter, um, a Stonewall chapter. Um, and there's a lot of women that play. Um, and a lot of them have shown interest in like continuing to play outside of Stonewall and being in a more competitive, um, sport. So I've reached out to a couple of them and I've actually, oh, not just me, we, um, my team and I have, uh, pulled so many women, like four or five women from our local leagues. And we're trying to bring them into USA dodgeball into a more competitive area. Um, but we're not just telling them, Hey, we need women. Can you come? can you play we're like hey we see potential in you we think you can be great 
um, would you be interested in traveling with us for our team and then helping to, to build the North? And there's so much interest. So there's a lot of women out there. You just have to go about it the right way. Yeah, I was just writing that down. So it's not like, hey, we need you because you're a female. Come play with us. That's probably not the most appealing way to be asked to do something. Yeah. <laughs> if if someone comes to me and was like, hey, we need a girl. Can you play? I mean, I'll say yes because I like playing sports. But um, I'd probably say no. Be like, just because I'm a woman. Um, but I mean, there's I know so many girls that can play and they just – I'm like, why aren't you playing? They're like, I don't have a team or I don't have this. So there needs to be those people that are, I don't want to say feeders, but are like recruiters and teachers. And they need to take them in and not just be like, okay, you have to do well on your first try or else you don't play again. You have to be willing to kind of guide them and um, give them some tips, but still let them feel like they are autonomous, like they're doing their own thing. Um, I don't really have the words for it, but just kind of like a mentor, but not be overwhelming, if that makes sense. Yeah, you kind of let them grow into it, but give them space yeah, to I mean, do so, give them parameters. You got to be supportive and you got to be like, hey, you know what? This happened, but you did this great and you're going to kill it next time. And just saying those positive things and being like, I believe in you, that goes so far. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like if I was in that situation I'd, I'd probably want to hear that um definitely it, it's hard okay being being a guy player and, and trying to pull myself out of that and having played for so long because obviously like you like I would play because you know I'm a guy sure whatever like don't care sign me up I'm I'm out there but just again going back to um we would like for you to play because we see this in you or because you would be good for that or because there's it's way better and then to be coached along the way would probably make me feel very viable, like just wanted. It's so. all about positive reinforcement. I mean, cause they know when they mess up, like, obviously you don't need to remind them, but yeah. a lot of times people forget the good things that they've done, especially if they're new and they immediately think I can't do this or this isn't for me. And you need those people that are not like motherly, but like an older sibling, but like, yeah, but you did this and you can do this and you have so much potential. Just remind them that they have potential and they will come back. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And don't want to speak for everybody else, but it, it could potentially be like an, like an oversight. Like just, I can't imagine how many times I've already said back in the day, like, hey, we need we need females to play versus, hey, you're a solid catcher. Like, like just why, I focus on what's already kind of known. Like if we're recruiting for a COA team, then yeah, obviously we want you because you're a female, but also like just expanding on that more and making it seem less like, I don't want to say transactional. This is where words are failing me now, but it makes <laughs> okay, sense. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. So, I mean, obviously it's kind of hard to tell now with everything that's going on. Um, but would we see a women's division in the north or would we see more women players in the co-ed or we see a co-ed division like can you tell what we'd be looking at for now i hope so um i know at least my team um we made three teams potentially four for the north so we have um pinch open co-ed and then 
we might have a women's team um, if they don't have the six women roster. Um, I know the one time that I played women's in the North, it was teams of four. Um, but I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> like, I'm trying to recruit from all the dodgeball that I've seen. I'm like, hey, like, will you be willing to travel? That's kind of the biggest um, hurdle. A lot of people just want to play if it's in their backyard or if it's somewhere close. Um, a lot of people don't want to travel that far because it's expensive. Um, but sorry, to answer your question, um, I hope so. I mean, there's a lot of women in Chicago. I know um, like Minneapolis, they have leagues up there. So there, there are women. We just need to coordinate and organize and give a heads up in time for people to coordinate teams. I know that was kind of a struggle in the past that people felt that they weren't really given enough leeway to plan and form teams. It was kind of like show up and it might happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's easy for us in the West to say like, Oh, there's, there's plenty of women. You can, you can make co-ed teams for days or women's teams for, for days as well. But that all had to start somewhere like that. How, that all started back in 0304 with LA Dodgeball Society. And then, um, it's just going to take its time with the North, same thing with the South. Like I know that, um, Marie Gregg and all of them had been working very hard to recruit and retain women players. And, you know, it was pretty awesome when they were able to go from, I think it was like same, same with the North, like teams of four to a couple teams of, of six. And then just, it'll happen. Yeah, it just, it's got to start somewhere. And yeah. And even that, like, I think, um, instead of just trying to start women's division right away, um, I think trying to have a co-ed division will really help that because it's easier to form a co-ed team than it is to form a full women's team, especially in the North. And I think once you have an established co-ed division, um, then women will consistently come and then they can, you know, they can bring their friends or someone they know, and then they can start forming teams from there. And then you can start with, you know, your teams of four and then you can grow into teams of six but it has to start somewhere. I, I think co-ed would be a good way to do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially if you're starting from essentially scratch. Um, what, so are you, are you in favor then of the, the three, three by three change, three men, three women for co-ed? Yeah. Um, I really don't have a lot of experience in co-ed. Um, this past year was my first time playing co-ed. I've always played with mostly guys. Um, so I, I don't think my opinion really weighs very much because I haven't dealt with all of the stuff that a lot of other women have faced in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, from a equality standpoint, I think three v three is truly co-ed. Yeah. I'm glad you prefaced with that. Cause I was, I was going to say like, obviously you're not used to playing the traditional co-ed uh, as we've been very fortunate to do so here in the West, but just kind of like your speculation and, and from what you've seen and heard of the the banter about it. Um, it sounds like it would make sense. Like, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. And then playing it myself, like, yeah, it changes the dynamic, but it's really cool. So I'm, I'm a huge favor of it. I have not played the three V three yet. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, I think it'll be more equal, I think, but again, I haven't played it, so I don't have any examples. Yeah. I, based off my perspective, yeah, it's, it definitely levels the playing field substantially. Um, and you just, you expect 
the women to be more offensive with you. If you're not already playing them as offensive weapons, then you're already playing incorrectly, in my opinion. But um, I yeah, agree. it's 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 cool. I, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, open to it since day one. But um, always curious to see like what other opinions are out there. So, I mean, I saw it at uh, Sin City. I mean, I remember we played you guys, and it was like you guys had more women than men, right? Was it your team that happened? There was one one where I, was, I think I was like the only guy. And I was like, okay, so this is happening. Cool. And that was fun. I, I don't. I didn't feel so. We had three three women, and we didn't feel at a disadvantage at all. And actually, our women were our corners. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we were we were spoiled. We had we had a great team. We had Tiffany, who's a freaking monster. Tina, who's a monster. And it was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember playing you guys. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, Sin City was a blast. Um, that's one of my favorite events of all time. Just it's so much fun. Do you imagine like if you'd just not said yes to dodgeball that day, what you would miss out on already? Just I know. I I feel like I've already missed out because I waited so long to come to Elite. Well, when it was Elite, I wish I would have come sooner. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a good segue. So, what uh, what what drew you into Elite? Um. Well, I, I played NCDA for ever. <laughs> I played for eight years. Um, and then I graduated and I was like, well, I have no other form of dodgeball. So I've heard of this elite dodgeball division or league or whatever it was. I kept hearing the name, but I never knew what it was. Oh. And um, on the team that I graduated from, there was a couple guys that or newly formed a team, um, Ohio Legacy from Akron. Um, and I was like, hey, like, what is this elite? Like, how do I play? And then, you know, they had their roster and so there wasn't a spot. So they're like, you should make a team. And okay, <laughs> that's that's how Hasbins was born. Nice. So I'm actually so I'm glad we were talking about this because this is another reason why I was really excited to to interview because I, I definitely wanted to pick your brain um, from where you are region wise and also from the NCDA and transitioning from NCDA to Elite, what will now be known as Premier, obviously, with uh, USA Dodgeball. But like one thing you said, it was you had heard the name Elite, but you didn't know what it was. And we all assume since we've been used to Elite since 2011 when it first started, like we know what it is, but the assumption, I guess, is, is you guys know it too amongst the the inner circles of the NCDA, but it sounds like that wasn't really the case. Um, it It's known for like a certain group of people, um, like the ones that are already in, that were already involved in it. And I think some of the guys that were involved in UDC as well, um, like, like the Dynasty guys um, and a bunch of like the people from like Michigan and obviously like Gamecocks and, and those guys. Um, but if if you don't really talk to a lot of those guys regularly or know what they're involved in, I don't really know how you would find out about elite unless you have like a connection. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what, but I, I knew what elite was. And I I thought I was like, well, it seems like this, like, no offense. It kind of seemed like an uppity, like bro club. (laughs) 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 I don't know. So I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't know what I was expecting. 
But at some point I was like, you know what? I don't care. I want to play dodgeball after college and I want to figure it out. So I'll play. What, what year was this? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, we started in 2018. So this is my going to be third year of playing. Okay. So 2018 elites like at its, at, I mean, it's still, uh, somebody might correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like 2018 was like, it's, it's peak. And then 2019 just kind of increased that. So it was, it was, yeah, 2018 was, uh, well, I don't know any previous years, but it was definitely intense. Um, our, we didn't play at our first round. It was in Ohio. And that's the reason why we went because it was like two hours away. Um, and we didn't play open. So I didn't even know what open was or what that meant. So I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll play pinch. And then first game we face Boosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you can imagine how that went. I'm sure it went great. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I got hit in the head by Isaac <laughs> immediately. You're like, excellent. This is what I signed up for. This is where yeah, I, like I think it. it was awesome. Like I loved it, but I was like, whew, this is intense. That's funny. Not bad for a, a bro club, as you said. An uppity. Yeah, I, I, as soon as I went there, I was like, mm, this is not at all. <laughs> this is not a bro club. That's crazy. Yeah, so where I was getting to, like, with the elites at its highest in 2018, and I, I would argue even 2019, I feel like it finished at the top, was just that it's still... Um, what's that? Yeah, well, 2019, they tried to get rid of pinch, and that's when, like, the non-NCDA teams were like, oh, we're just not going to play pinch, and then it turned into NCDA part two. Hmm. So, I, I don't know. Like, I've played most of the pinch teams so for so many years in college like that's great and i respect them and i I love playing against them but like i really liked playing against the newer teams for me um like you know like boosh and anyone from chicago and you know just new faces new competition and then i was like well pinch is my favorite division (laughs) like so i don't know 2019 was a was interesting a lot of changes Okay. Well, well, going back to 2018, like still though, like what, what I find really crazy is like, that was your, that was your first, like, like this is what elite actually is. And then here we're already complaining as of like 2016, 2015, I would think like, why isn't NCAA feeding into the elite dodgeball organization? And one, it could be, okay. Yeah. The perception that you can't play pinch, um, or that's not as popular as regular 8.5. But also, it could just be that just people don't know about it. as much as we think everyone in the dodgeball community knows about elite. Uh, that might just not be the case. And I, I've always looked at NCDA, and I, I really love um, the fact that Felix and Jacob are always, you know, promoting it. But it's like we can't just assume everybody knows what it is then. And this is kind of what, it's kind of what you're kind of um, opening my eyes to. It's like, yeah, not everyone knows about elite as much as we think they do, as much as we assume they do. That may not be the case. Like there might be hundreds of players out there that have just never heard of us. Or it or what yeah we're doing. I, honestly i think that's that's the issue because i mean now um lusky and felix i mean all of them they're all doing a great job of kind of trying to blend the two leagues together they're trying to let more people know about it um but when i was in college i, I had no idea it's nuts well hopefully that uh 
it opens some people's eyes and they're like, okay, well, at least in my case, again, I can only speak for myself, but I just always assumed NCAA knew about, knew about elite and just figured it was, oh, they just don't want to play, you know, six people versus 1800 people on the court and they want, they don't yeah. want shorter cl- um, courts, but, um, cause I'd known about the NCAA for a long time, but, uh, what are you gonna say? I'm sorry. A lot of it too is, um, a lot of these students are college, so it's, at least from most college kids, a lot of them don't have a lot of money to travel. And elite at the time was a lot of far travel. So it was kind of expensive. Um, so that was another aspect too, aside gotcha. from not really knowing what it was. Yeah. And I, I also meant like people that are like graduated or, you know, in their third senior year, cause they're trying to get away with being part of the club still, or have <laughs> moved on in your case, like it's perfect. Like you just want to play competitive dodgeball somewhere and Elite was where to go, and that's that's kind of the hope that Elite always had was okay. If you can't play NCAA anymore, come come hither, and then I'm imagining that's the plan for Premier. I I don't it definitely is. Um, so I actually have two two NCAA guys um, on Enigma now, um, but it's definitely getting more well known, um, more college kids are reaching out and saying, Hey, I want to continue to play, um, you know, not just in the off season of NCDA, but I want to continue and grow in a more competitive and professional environment. Right. Um, but even in the, in the last year, there have been a lot more college people and from NCDA and they've really, it's really become like a feeder school or system. That's awesome. I I'm excited. I love it. Yeah. I want, be- I want the North to grow. <laughs> I would love to see like a, like a Bay area slash Pacific Northwest region, a true Southwest region. Um, yes. I, I think there's just so much potential. I mean, there's, we think we're big now, but like, I would imagine, I would hope five to 10 years from now, I'd be like, oh man, we were just at the cusp of exploding. And this could very well be like what we're talking about with the the women's division. Like it's, it's gotta start somewhere and we can't just assume, you know, one shot yeah. got blast attempt to promote something that's going to work for everybody. Um, that's really cool. Another thing is, is that you can't just join solo or have like a small group. You have to have a whole team unless you have like a friend or, or know somebody that has an open spot and will let you play. Yeah. It's gotta be somewhere for them to go get plugged into like right away. Cause it's really intimidating just being like, Hey, I want to play dodgeball. Not everyone has, you know, the drive to just make a team and just kind of blindly go play. A lot of people are like, well, I want to know what I'm getting myself into before I invest and convince all these people to play dodgeball and travel with me and, you know, get my, get my butt beat <laughs> several times before we start getting better. Appreciate the uh, self-check there with the A word. <laughs> I tried. Just to really start reaching for my pen, like here it comes, but nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I should make like a like a late night infomercial seminar video, timeshare video, just super cheesy. Like this is what you can do if you come to elite just, just for fun, but something that yeah, can help people. Really? What's that? Did you really make that video? No, I, I'm just saying I, I want to, like if I had, Oh, you should. Cause I want to see it. <laughs> I would love, I would love to do stupid stuff like that. One of the, anytime cactus dodgeball is not an invitation, but anytime cactus dodgeball has me doing something stupid, I love it. It's just, I love being, <laughs> I'm so stoic and stern all the time. Like sometimes I do just like to goof off, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it's it's really hard now because everything's on pods, but I, I, was, I was really, really looking forward to what 2020 had to bring in terms of growth and what new, uh, me too. 
yeah, what new teams are coming, but uh, now 2020 said no, gotta, gotta take pause, but um, we'll see. It's not over yet, but maybe next year we'll see the full thing. Let's cross our fingers, right? Um, unless COVID 20 wants to show up, but shouldn't even joke like that. Um, so you showed up, played Boosh, um, obviously you liked it, but what, what have you done to get more familiar with like the elite landscape or style? Like, what'd you do to get better? Oh yeah. Um, I watched film of any game that I was, we were filmed in. Um, I would ask people, I would actually ask players that I respected or that I would see do awesome things. And I'd be like, how did you read that ball? How, how do you know? where to put your body like how do you what are what are like the ins and outs like i would just like ask people um and then just i don't know i kind of just dove head first into like dodgeball family and watching videos and like games and talking to people and like networking and it was a lot um, but I've, I've definitely noticed, uh, in just two years alone, my game has significantly changed for the better. Nice. Um, I'm not just, you know, trying to throw hard or trying to catch, like I'm strategizing and I'm trying to like play smarter and read moves and just learn from elders, I guess, or not elders, but you know, veterans are experienced people or yeah, OGs that works. So it's really just like not having an ego and just being like, you know what? I want to get better. I'm going to ask these people if they help me. Great. If they don't, I'll find some of that will kind of mentality then or. Oh, absolutely. I mean, really how, how can I have an ego? I'm trying to buy guys. Yeah. I mean, but I think what made that ego just not so much like I'm better than them. It's just like just being willing to put yourself out there, maybe being vulnerable. And just throw yeah, yourself out there. Vulnerable, and I'm um, I'm a big advocate for humility, like being humble. Um, so if like we got when we first started playing, like we got beat a lot, pretty bad. Um, but then like we wouldn't take it to heart. Like we wouldn't be like, okay, well we're, we quit. It would be like, well, how did you do this? Like, what are some of your tips? Like I would like have conversations with several people about how they got to that point and what they did. So yeah, I would ask for advice and reach out to people. That's awesome. Yeah, you think then, that would be a no brainer? Yeah, so I think some people um, are a little bit more timid in actually going out and verbally asking for help. Well, not really help, but like tips. Um, so people are like, well, I'll just, I'll just watch. But you can watch people play um, and unless you know what you're looking for or what you're seeing them do, you don't really get as much. Um, so asking them and also playing with people that are better than you um, and that can actually like kind of tell you what to do or tell you the strategy. And then you can kind of pick up on that and learn um, more of like dodgeball knowledge, like when to throw, watch the count, ball control, all of those things that aren't really said, but everyone just kind of knows. Right. Like that immersion, you just jump, jump right in, play alongside them, pick up on what they're doing subtly. Like eventually your, your brain kind of picks up. Yeah. It's kind of like miming. Like you're kind of just like following, trying to pick up what they do. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I, mean, I still do that. I'll find amazing players and I'm like, how do they do that? Like, how do they play? What's their, what's their play style? What's their strategy? And I'll try to like pick and choose and I'll try to learn from that. And I'll make it a note. Like when I, even when I'm playing, I'm like, okay, don't do this. Watch this part. Try to do this, you know, be more aware and little things like that. Nice. So what would your strategy be or what would you say your style is? Um, if you're willing to divulge that. <laughs> um, well, I, I used to be very offensive player. Um, I used to be a very a strong thrower and that's all I, I was really known for. Um, and I think I'm still known for being just like a hard thrower, but looking back on like some of the games that were filmed even in a year or even at the like, nationals this past year, um, I've grown into be more agile on the court. Like I can play left, right, middle, wing, whatever you want to call it. I can be um, a, I can be offensive, but I can also be defensive. Like I can be a blocker. I can try to be a catcher. I'll, I can catch at times. Um, so I've I really tried to be more versatile. Um, in my play. Like, I don't want to be predictable. I don't want to just be a thrower. I want to be all of it. All the above. Nice. That's really cool. Um, just be like a utility player, as you're saying. And then um, I imagine if you just pick and pull, you know, tidbits from your, you know, the more defensive players out there, the more offensive ones, catchers, et cetera, like in time, you know, that mix with actually playing, uh, you'll, you'll get it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just kind of curious if, if any come to mind, like what, what players were you looking at to model your style off of? Oh man, so many. Uh, what are your top wow, three? I'm, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to put you on the spot. But well, the first, the first team that caught my attention in Elite was definitely Boosh, just because like they're like military, how they work together and they – how they move like um eric stone Derek johnson all of them and then there was one tournament i think it was last year last march and it wasn't even in pinch it was in foam and azidro and cody Sidim, like i just watched them play and i don't even know how their body could move like that and i actually walked up to cody and i was like how do you throw this little foam ball, the way you do. And he actually like showed me the movement and like where he placed his fingers. So people cool. liked it. That's awesome. I, I think he, I think there's like out of all the dodgeball players out there, 99% of them would be more than happy to talk to you about what they do well. Um, just, oh, like, yeah. I think we're all just so hard up on getting the sport to grow that we're more than happy to, to explain the one or two things that, that we do well that you could possibly learn. And I think that's one of the coolest things about it too, is I, and maybe it's just cause we're not that big yet that people aren't full of themselves entirely. But, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you ask anybody, Hey, how do I get better? They're going to help you out and they'll explain, um, which is another thing that makes it such an awesome experience to, to be able to, to play with people or against people like Eric Stone and Decidro and Cody and actually have them like these are, you know, these are professional equivalents for lack of better words that are willing to tell you what they do. Um, 
Cody's a freak. That, that, that man, how he dodges so well is, is beyond me. You think, oh, you know, like the, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But he's just so like quick to just get smaller or wiggle or do weird stuff. And then Isidro, man, if I, if I could just see what it's like from his point of view, how he snatches balls out of nowhere. I would, I would I love to watch that. I don't even understand. I played him one time and it like blew my mind. It's ridiculous. The kid. Yeah. And he was just like so nonchalant. He's like, I just don't like a baseball. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, some people are just, I don't want to say they're freaks. I don't want to be mean, but they kind of just are. Um, but they're happy to share. So that's. There's some monsters in college now. <laughs> I don't know what they're feeding them, but they're crazy. That's that's one of the coolest things I look forward to is like being able to look back and think of like the greats now, like Ketchum, Cedro, all them, and then just thinking like there could be people scarier than them. Oh, they two to three years down the road, there will be. There yeah. will be because now, I mean, the sport is getting so serious, and it's become a true competitive sport. It's become a science, oh, and man. people can break down the movements and the targets and the strategies and the mindset it's become like it you can break it down into a science so people can study that and they can learn what to do and what not to do and they're going to become even better because not only do they have like the playbook they have the youth and they have young joints yep well it's kind of like going back to what you said like how how you got better you just dove right in asked all you could watched all the film you could and then, and then just, you know, implemented that and that probably shortened your learning curve substantially. So to be able to do that, um, for, um, for the youths, you know, 16, 17 year olds, I mean, they're coming, oh, yeah. they're coming out of the gates, like at 22, like just scary as crap. Like there's, oh, I know. that's, I, that's one of the reasons why, like, I wish I would have gotten involved sooner because right. I feel like I would have been way better than I am now. Well, I think we want to talk about post dodgeball because I, Definitely get an idea of like how long you're looking at, but um, gotta move through some of the other preliminaries here. Um, what is your favorite style of ball? Is it 8.5 pinch? Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, I mean, pinch is always gonna be my baby. Um, that's my best division, at least I think so. Um, I well, I can throw the hardest in pinch, and my aim is the best in pinch, but I also have learned to love no sting. Um, I just started playing no sting last year in our local Stonewall division. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've learned how to throw them pretty well. And I will admit it. I was on the hate train for foam for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was up until like two months ago when we played in the, uh, the first East coast women's draft tournament and I was forced to play foam <laughs> um and i've learned to respect it nice. so yeah inch no staying and then foam nice yeah foam is as i've said many times like i i was so anti-foam for the longest time and i just swallowed that pride bullet and just like you know if you want to get better like play more stop complaining about it because you're just jealous and um it, it's fun like it i mean it's pretty much Cactus is now no sting and foam. So if you want to play dodgeball, you got to play one of the two. And I, yeah. I like foam now. It's like my second favorite. 8.5 will always have that special place because that's how I started. But uh, foam is definitely 
I don't look at it. I look at it differently now. It, it's it's a different, it's a totally different game, because um, there it's more. I don't want to say it's less aerodynamic because it moves more. Uh, it's just it's not as satisfying <laughs> to me. Yeah, I'm so used to like the brutality of you know eight point five and and the heavy dodgeballs, and then I play foam and I'm like, okay, I can throw these things and they're fun, but like, where's the satisfaction? <laughs> yeah, you ever. Like you ever get hit or see somebody get hit really hard with foam and it makes this crazy loud popping noise, but you're just like, shut up. Like anytime somebody goes, yeah. woo, like that, if I, if I get hit or if I see somebody else get hit and they go out with the woos, I'm like, just shut up. Like you threw a pillow at the guy. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not the same. Like knock it it's off. It's like awesome throw, but meh. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, just celebrating like a light jab on the nose versus a full like haymaker <laughs> in a fight. Like, cool i guess but but um yeah that's my what are my thoughts on foam so kind of like how i asked you with um like who are your like for lack of better words like dodgeball role models did you have any like i don't say actual role models growing up or anybody that you looked up to whether it's fictitious real or all the above um i want to say yes i just can't think of any right now and I'm so sorry that I'm not prepared. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm totally blanking. To be fair, we were talking about drinking habits offline while I was trying to change out some memories. So that was like just, just sack of bricks right, right there. The super serious question. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a pivot for sure. Yeah. I feel um, like I should have warned you a little bit before that one. I actually know. I, I think not so much um, specific people. I think it's more of a type of person. Um, I really, really respect humble um, and honest players on and off the court. Um, I mean, obviously, the best players that are amazing, you, you respect their talent and their skills and what they do. Um, but in my opinion, my favorite players that I look up to and that I admire the most are the ones that are honest and humble and like use teamwork on and off the court. Um, they're just well-rounded, good, genuine people. Nice. Um, so, I mean, I could get, sit here and give you a list, but I mean, I think you understand what I'm getting at. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to be said about people like that, that have every, every right to be like super cocky or, um, proud of what they do but if you can kind of mix that with just being humble and appreciative of what you have and genuine that's that's huge i feel like being described as genuine is probably like one of the greatest compliments you could ever have i think so i i honestly like i honestly think if someone was like hey this person is amazing dodgeballer but is also a genuinely good person that to me carries so much more weight and like oh they're amazing yeah so saying like earlier like the people that are willing to help you out they're awesome and i hope that sticks i hope that we don't ever get to a point where like dodgeball players are unapproachable because they're just so full of themselves. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to go away. I think the culture that, um, elite and well, I don't know, I wasn't around for the NDL, but the culture of those players and the people that organize the leagues, I think they have instilled those principles of teamwork and, and community and, those types of traits, I think those are going to be around. I don't think they're going to go away. 
trying to think. You said the the NDL word. I'm just like, don't don't do it, man. Just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think of older leagues. <laughs> let me give you some. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let me spill the tea. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, just go into a tangent. Um, yeah, no, I mean there was there was that in the NDL too. I mean, there's you look at some of the the greats that are still around. Like Rise was definitely one of them. Totally seemed unapproachable to actually approach them, and they're they're pretty awesome. So. Um, man, NDL. Yeah, actually, the first person that I talked to in Elite, and when I when I started in 2018, was Glenn Spacer, mm. and he is a person that I would look up to because he's a he's a genuinely good person on and off the court. Decent fella. Yeah, Glenn. I have mad respect for him. That's so funny in the OG panel discussion. He's talking about like when do I get the term OG? And it was like, I, I used that as like the very beginning opening for, this was like the first part in season two. I was like, wow, he really wants that title. But <laughs> that just kind of shows like he, he never thought of himself as that um, off the get go. Um, but I mean, that, that's just one small, tiny little like hint of how, how humble he is. I also really like people that celebrate big plays against themselves. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like a like, picture, but if, if you throw a catch and instead of getting like super mad, I mean, obviously you're gonna be upset, but like if you're genuinely like, oh my god, and you're so happy that the other person did something so great, I love watching those reactions. Oh, okay, I think I do it myself too. Like if if I get caught out or if I get like tagged, I'm like, I'm like, darn, the gosh darn it, but I'm like, that was amazing. I'm like, high five. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just trying to picture like just you, you don't expect that reaction. You're just like, gosh dang it, that was a great freaking play. Good for you, man. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, like, I love people really that do that. It's so fun. <laughs> That's that happened weird. to me um in our in our rec league <laughs> here in Cleveland. Like we were it was in playoffs and um a girl did a counter throw. Like we were my team was in a huddle and she just counter throwed like this on her knees just like a lob and it hit me right in the foot and i was like what and i looked up at her and she was like uh, uh, and i was like that was amazing i was like that was such a good counter and i like ran over to her and like gave her a hug and she was like thanks <laughs> but everyone was like what <laughs> but i was like so pumped because i hadn't i did not see it coming at all and that wasn't like like a new play style for her like she's always been like defensive so seeing that, like, I was so impressed. Like, I was so pumped. Nice. So that goes back to, back to what you're saying about like coaching people and celebrate them, celebrating their their little wins and victories here and there. Not little ones, oh, yeah. but just like Absolutely. the the one offs here and there. Definitely, uh, feels good. Like if if somebody says, "Hey, man, good play" or "Good catch" or a little quick like applause as they're walking off, like just that show of respect is really cool. It goes a long way. It really does, and people don't forget that. Years later, they will not forget that. Yeah, I gotta stop flipping people off when they catch me. Then, <laughs> <laughs> no, if I flip you, you off, it's it's if I flip you off, it's because like I know you and I are, are good friends, and it's just like yeah, okay. I'll, sure. I might have to work on that though. I could probably <laughs> think of a better gesture. Um, do you have any pregame ah, pregame rituals, like any superstitions or routines, or just yeah, um. I have to warm up my shoulder for like 20 minutes or else I will die. Mm. So I have a, I have a torn rotator cuff from like 20, 
14 and if I just start playing like I will die so I have to like do all these stretches and then I like I like sing this song in my head <laughs> like while I'm warming up um have you heard the song um it's by Power Man 5000 <laughs> which uh, song no never mind is it World's Collide yeah <laughs> that one and then like static x i always get in my head and it's always like a good pump up song static x is that push it yeah wow yeah i know it's kind of in the dark for me around that one um of course i only know one static x song that's why and it's funny because actually a wasteland was stuck in my head since you said 10 years like i know one song yeah and i really like it um they came out of nowhere on the radio i was like oh this is a good tune because 2006 yeah that's not good pump up songs though no i guess uh, i mean if it works for warm-up that's, that's i mean good. if we want to talk playlist i move your calendar back because we can be here a while let's take five minutes what uh <laughs> and this this is going to satisfy the markel stoke slash sergio leon question so like what what's on your playlist when you're trying to amp yourself up um well i don't listen to music it's more of like in my head um, cause I don't want to get like my headphones all sweaty and gross. Hmm. Um, but I, anything from Meshuggah, Kill Switch Engage, uh, Parkway Drive and, uh, what's another good one? Uh, I don't know, but those three are really good. Um, a really good song to get pumped up with is The Reckoning by Kill Switch Engage. It's so good. Or Bleed by Meshuggah. How do you spell Meshuggah? <laughs> Meshuggah. Um, M-E-S-H-U-G-G-A-H. Yeah. It's just like 10 minutes of just like in your face, like double bass, drum, solo, just amazingness. That's awesome. If that song doesn't get you in the mood to hit someone in the face with a ball, I don't know what will. Like you just, there's no, there's no helping you. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, um, Justin Bosch suggested that I go on Spotify and make like a playlist of all these people that give these great songs. And I mean to do that. So I might have to come back at you and get some more like samples. Yeah. Cause it, it's going go, to help. Yeah. It's going to go anywhere from like, um ariel's theme uh little mermaid via piano <laughs> thank you catch them for that random one to <laughs> stuff i've never heard of from like kevin fry suggesting some actual like dark metal music oh he did he likes parkway drive too because i remember listening to that and i was like oh hey <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna be cool like i just kind of curious to like see what everyone listens to and look at those headphones on and the fact that you can do it in your head um that's awesome i could probably get two two notes in then i'm just distracted so i have to actually hear it but um <laughs> well if i actually do get a chance to warm up with a ball that's what i try to do it's like herding cats yeah good luck finding one yeah um so speaking of kevin fry and this is totally my bad um i will probably never again post questions the day of a recording especially on a monday i just figure everybody's pretty busy so we're able to grab um any with the exception of kevin fry and I'm hoping this is an inside joke, but he just asks, uh, what wine? He said. <laughs> What's my favorite wine? He just um, says, fave wine. 
Fave wine. Um, any Italian Chianti, but I'd have to say my absolute favorite is the Chianti Rodano. It's a red wine. <laughs> okay, I was like, I never heard of this. I know that makes me sound so snobby, but me and my husband went to Italy for our honeymoon last year, and uh, we learned a lot. So I have learned my taste. That's fair. I used to think Coors Light was like the high end of beers until my then girlfriend at the time introduced me to craft beer. And I was like, oh, well, I'm an idiot. Like I've, I'm not going to say I'm a beer snob now, but I'm definitely not drinking Coors Light anymore unless it's like. You have, you have a, a, a taste. You have a, <laughs> your, your style. I think I was still just going off of like the partying days. Like I used to think Bud Light was where it's at. And then. Eric Jones introduced me to Coors Light. I was like, oh, this is this is the finer beer. And then, yeah, thankfully. No Miller Light? I'm sorry? Miller Light? No, no Miller Light? It's all right. That, that's, that's definitely like a party slash mindless beer. Yeah. But I do, I do get into the, like, the crafts and like the the local stuff as much as I can now when I can. So Yeah, well, sorry to change the subject, but you – are lucky that you live in Phoenix, well, around Phoenix, because um, Maynard James Keenan has his winery like right up the road from you guys. Who is this again? Uh, the lead singer from Tool, oh, one of my yeah. favorite bands. I've heard that before, yes. His winery is like right up the street from you, and I'm so jealous. Yeah, I am just completely oblivious to it. I know. You need to go. Like, I like wine now. Thank you. Thank you, Tool. <laughs> yeah, they're... Yeah, I think Kevin brought that up because he's been tagging me in like memes and stuff. Um, it's like, I think when you were interviewing him, I think because me and Kevin Bailey got on that tangent with the wine bottle because I was like, so how's your day going? And then ever since that, like, Fry's been just like, ha ha, wine. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember that meme. What was that? Was it just randomly on Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> it was like a girl just like spilling her wine glass. He's like, this is you, Sam, right? And I'm like, oh, well, thanks. Totally. Yeah. So Ohio Legacy is that how you know Kevin, or how did you how do you know him? Uh, well, I know him from Elite. I think he played with Rogue the first time we played, and then I learned that he was an NCDA, and then yeah, just from Elite from the North. Gotcha. Yeah, just random shout out to that kid. He's he's awesome. He's great to talk to, and he's been kid hustles. Definitely respect his drive. Um, and it's cool seeing like I don't want to say like the interactions of, of people outside the West, but like obviously because of the podcast, I'm friends with a lot more people now than I used to be and starting to see like how everybody interacts with each other. It's really cool seeing that. That's Oh my god. Yeah. I never thought that I would know or befriend anybody from like the West Coast or like even the South or the East. And now I know all these people from all over the country and I'm like, this is awesome. Like I have such a big dodgeball network now. It like I never would have thought that two years ago when I first started. It just like blows my mind. So do you ever ask yourself, is this what it's like when worlds collide? <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I'm, I, usually... I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, usually leave the cheese for Austin Deeks, but that was a shot. I had to take it. So worth it. Ah, uh, the dad jokes. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. I got, I got one teed up, but um, definitely want to get into... Uh, the critical three and I always say I'm going to change the name, but I'm not, 
at this point. It's just it's just canon now. But um, if you were to, and this is just picking your brain, just getting your your input. Um, this is by no means like a blast to anybody and what they're doing. But um, one of the questions is, um, why do you think dodgeball is still mostly unknown and unacknowledged sport? So just in your perception with how you came into the sport, your experience, like how would you answer that question? Well, it's still not, it's still not very widespread. Like it's still very, I don't want to say clickish, but there's only a small group of regions that actually have dodgeball. Like dodgeball isn't everywhere unless it's in like high school gym class. Like you can, there's like basketball or football everywhere you go, but it's just not widespread enough. People just don't know about it. I feel like that's a good, I feel like that's new. Um, Cause as we talked about earlier, like it'd be really cool one day to have like a, like the Pacific Northwest region, Southwest region, actually, I won't say oh, actual yeah. South region, um, Southeast, like et cetera. If, if there was more opportunity for it. Um, and people can just like play and join. Oh, you would definitely grow. Cause even in like pickup leagues, you have people playing basketball and they walk over and they, Oh my gosh, are you playing dodgeball? And they get so excited. Oh yeah. And then they come back and they just, they keep playing. Like people just, people love it. They just don't have a lot of opportunities. I mean, maybe more so in the West because there's like a bajillion leagues out there, but not in the North or really in the South or even in the East. Yeah. I. It's funny you say that because there's always spectators watching, like whether it's, like you said, people coming off the, the basketball league that's going on adjacently. The interest is there. They're like, oh my God, they're playing dodgeball. Like you, you, you get their attention hooked. You get them peaked just for a little bit. If you just, oh, yeah. That's how I started Akron. Absolutely. Just random people. By just like playing open gym and out in the open or. Yeah, no, I would just like walk around um, and be like, Hey, we're, I'm playing dodgeball. Come play with me. Or like I'd ask them their name and then they'd tell me their name. And I'm like, well, now I know your name. My name's Sam. Nice to meet you. Now you have to play with me. And I just, at one point we had like a hundred people from like basketball and weightlifting and badminton and stuff and like our college gym and then they were all just playing dodgeball like it was amazing so mm. they want to play if they can yeah there's just not a lot of opportunity so the follow-up question would be what can the dodgeball community do to grow the sport do you think it'd be that just somehow making it more accessible and easy to dive into yeah i think yeah because once you give them the opportunity to play they'll play and then I think that's the first step. And then you can worry about retention and recruiting. But I think just making that opportunity available in more places, I think that's a good first step. Dance. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of like the, if you build it, they will come. Just have it available. That way when they want to play, it's there. And yeah. capitalize on the whole social aspect like we kind of talked about earlier and talk them up. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, can't tell you like how many missed opportunities we've had just because dodgeball wasn't available at the time when there was a lot of interest there or you just, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This one's kind of, I don't say it's going to put you on the spot, but what do you not like about the current state of dodgeball? So if there was one gripe that you had, uh, what would that be? Dodgeball in general? Yep. Um, well, I don't like how face shots are so like negatively viewed. 
because mm. where I came from, it was like a trophy. Okay. <laughs> it was like a sign of respect. I don't know. That kind of always bothered me. Everyone's like, well, this guy's throwing face shots. He's a jerk. It's like, maybe he just throws high. I don't know. Just duck. Hmm. So kind of like that. Well, we're playing dodgeball, so just get out of the way. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe these people get mad at that, but I don't know. I came from NCDA, so I guess it's in my roots. Yeah, no, it's kind of cool to hear that too because, I mean, if you take a pinch face shot, like you can handle anything else at that point. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and if that happens to you from the get-go, like there's no – like you don't scale up to that. Like there's just no – it's just part of the game. Yeah. Um, and I get that too. Like I get, I get both sides. Like if we're playing elite and you get hit in the face, that's too bad. Like you're, you're playing at the, at the best of the best at the, you know, the, the pinnacle of dodgeball. And so you can't get upset if somebody's throwing for your face constantly, just get lower or block or, you know, just hope you don't get hit. And that's all you yeah. can do. But if you're playing in a rec league and you know, Oh yeah. Is... Rec league. Yeah. Rec league is different. I mean like in the super competitive like the best of the best environment. Yeah. Like I still see that. I'm like, well, I mean, just duck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I was ever a fan of face shots. Like, like I don't get. Oh, I am. Even if I get hit in the face, I that's like a badge of honor. I'm like, that was amazing. High five. Like, good job. I also wanted to quote quote Borat. I'm like, very nice. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah. nice. Exactly. But like, that's my mentality. Dodgeball is a brutal sport. Like it needs to be honored. And I think face shots are a huge badge of honor. I mean, you don't have to constantly aim for face, but like if it accidentally happens, like, I don't know, it happens. It's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I still feel bad. I think I'll always feel bad, but. Oh yeah. I mean, like you feel bad. I mean, okay. So if you throw a face shot to someone that's like half your size, obviously that's not cool. Right. But if you, if you like take someone out, that's like one of the best players and you, you take them off guard, that's a huge win. Hmm. I mean, okay. Hitting someone in the foot versus hitting someone like in the chest or like the upper region is more satisfying than be like, all right, I got a toe tag. Cool. You got me there. I will agree with that. Cause that's like the risk a catch zone. And if you hit them so hard that they just could not catch it that definitely is speaking towards like placement and kind of like a challenge too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I really yeah. like the brutality of <laughs> intense dodgeball. Yeah. I was going to say to each their own. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like, I'm like, Oh, I like watching football. I see people get hit. I'm like, Oh man, nice hit. But then I'm also like, Oh, I hope that guy's okay. Maybe I'm just too, maybe I just mill it out too much in my, my old age. Oh, both teams have fun. <laughs> Yeah, we're just here to play the sport, guys. Um, but I no. definitely would not watch flag football. Like, I'm, it's it's got to be tackle. Like, that's oh, absolutely that's how it's played. Make it a sport. Yep. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to play. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do like my violent movies, though. I don't know. We'll we'll dig into my psyche some other time. This is not about me. <laughs> um, that's cool. Though. Like, I, I just again different perspectives, um, especially since you were, you know forged in the fires of the north and their pinched craziness um yeah so i mean like if you come from the north and you're and you're like anti like intense dodgeball i'm like you're not truly north oh 
I don't mean to like call anybody <laughs> out, but like th- that's the that's the culture of the North. Like everyone, yeah. like not everyone, but at least people from like college in that region, like they they like the most brutal dodgeball. Yeah. Is, is it the cold weather? Like what what is it? Um. Yeah. The harsh. Totally. We the just harsh we just elements. freeze. Our hearts freeze over. Remain of ice. You know. You know how that goes. Yeah. No. I already I already paid you guys as like the Starks up in the north, like that's, that's all you guys. If we were to break this down to game of Thrones land, you have the Lannisters yeah, on the yeah. West and yeah, it, it makes sense. I've thought about this way too much, but, um, yeah, do you have a flow chart, break yeah, it down so far it tracks. Um, you guys are tough. Um, so go back to you more. Um, what would you say? What, what's your career highlight at the moment? Uh, like plays or what I accomplished or um yeah just in the dodgeball scope like best play you've had or best accomplishment um we just look back and like that was probably one of the coolest things I've done so far what would that be oh my gosh I don't even know um I think some of the coolest plays that I've had was at nationals this past year um obviously in pinch because I'm a pinch player but sorry to beat a dead horse um but so since I'm a thrower, I'm usually in a um, offensive position. I made a really, really big catch that like made my whole year. Um, we were playing outsiders and um, Eli Hashimoto, he like point blank, like threw at me and I caught it like deadpan, <laughs> like didn't bounce nothing. And like the whole room just like erupted. It was that like nice. oh moment, and I've never really had that before. So I don't know. That was like probably my proudest moment of play. <laughs> nice, and hopefully there's time for more. Obviously, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So when I hinted earlier that we'll we'll go into like what the future of dodgeball looks like, or what the future uh, minus dodgeball. So for this next one. Have you given thought to what dodgeball, what life after dodgeball looks? I can't even ask the question. I hate this question. Um, yeah. What does life look yeah. like after dodgeball? <laughs> um, well, my husband is more happy about this than I am. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, typical suburb, boring life, have family, have kids, you know, settle down, all that stuff. Um, but I still want to continue to play. Um, even when I can't like travel and play competitively anymore, I still want to be able to like, play recreationally. I don't think I'll ever truly quit dodgeball altogether. You'll have to, I'll have to be like in a wheelchair and or unable to move before I stop playing completely. Yes, I'm definitely gonna f- start the uh, the senior league. I don't know yes. what that looks Please. like, but that's the only way I could justify not playing but still playing. <laughs> and I don't know what the I don't know what the age is gonna look like, but maybe I'll just start like a senior tournament, like 40 plus, and then that way we all know like when we're done getting our, our butts beat by, you know, the Ketchums and Hashimoto's of the world. We'll move on to a, a, a pasture for us to play where we can still actually yeah. experience we'll just like go play in the kiddie pool. Exactly. Like, hey, let, let, let's stop beating up the old men and women. We, we, we're, this is our spot. And we can still be competitive against each other, obviously, with what our bodies yeah. can handle. But um, <laughs> yeah. I think it would be more competitive. It's like back in my day. I, I still think we're going to look back and be like, how are we not playing with helmets? Why are we not wearing... Oh, mouth guards. Mouth guard. Yeah. Guards. Just any kind yes. of protection. Just like you look at the old school NFL players, like they were 
they're protected by a leather cap. Like, what were they thinking? I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're definitely like a whole face shield. Or like the hockey goalie, like chest pads. Yep. Or just some kind of like, some kind of like, I don't know, super compressed, but very durable material, like spider silk armor, just something that moves with the body, but it's super thin, but it protects you from like a gunshot. Cause you're going to find out that we have bruised organs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's again, going back to 10 years from now, like the oh God, we were nuts back then. <laughs> like, What were we doing? But uh, yeah, the we'll play until I, until I can't is, is the answer I'm looking for. Cause it's just, yes. it's hard to think about. <laughs> it's tough. I'm going back to like, what was, what do you think life would have been like if you'd never played dodgeball? Now it's like, how does it look like when you can't play anymore? I'm just like, Oh God. Oh, it's so sad. <clears throat> just, it's a dark place, and that's why I, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, because I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> yeah, you cry, Steve. I'm sorry. Um, misery, loves, <laughs> misery loves company. But moving on. Um, <laughs> since we still have uh, lots of years and, and time out of you, what is there something that you want to achieve in dodgeball? Yeah, um, I want to constantly get better until I truly feel like I've peaked like I cannot get any better um and then obviously like it would be amazing to like play for like a national team or play for you know the world team or something like it'd be super cool um but I think honestly just as a, a personal goal I think just truly working hard and constantly improving until like I feel like I cannot get any better if that's even attainable because you can always get better. I agree. That probably doesn't make a lot of sense to most people, but to me, like every time I play, um, at least recently, like this past couple of years, like every single time I play, like I study the game of like how I performed and I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this. And I like dissect it and it has significantly helped every single tournament i feel like i've gotten a lot better it's a cool way to look at it because when, when you say like i want to get to the point where i've peaked like i can't get any better than this i think physical limitation but mentally you can just be like like you said maybe i shouldn't have reached my hand out if i didn't do that i would have survived so i won't do that anymore yeah it's definitely more of like um like learning like learning the game and learning how your body moves and reacts I mean, cause obviously like, you know, getting older, your body only can do so much, but you can still get better. Like you can still be a, a top performer, even when you're, you know, older than most of these kids, right. you know? Yeah. You just become more deliberate in your actions. And if you are not doing crazy Matt Levine-esque nonsense, um, or baby Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Giovinko, yeah. doing backflips. <laughs> well, any, any of the Giovinkos, I think it's required that they just do weird acrobatic stuff until they can't anymore. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> in the blood, like you were going to be acrobats, but you found dodgeball instead. So yeah, my, my bones would probably just break in half. If I was like, they'd be like, you're not doing that. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. I could do it once. And that's probably it. And I'll probably just walk off the court and be like, I can't stand up now. Like the adrenaline yeah. is clearly making me move like, right now. I had to like mentally make myself drop to like kneel on the floor, even with knee pads. Like that was a huge obstacle that I had to overcome mentally. 
So I can only imagine trying to do like a backflip or something like crazy like that. That's insane. But at the same time, you can kind of just move to the right just a little bit because you you studied this person's trajectory, studied their throw. You know that nine out of ten times they're going to throw to your left and try to hook into your left foot. So you just casually lift it up, expend no energy, and you're still in the oh, game yeah. with just as much of a result. Like the best players are the ones that don't get tired because they like know they can like read their opponent and they have minimal movement. Yeah, it's man. impressive. Like watching some of the best players um, out there, they never look tired because they know what's going to happen. They can read the ball better. They can read body language and they have a slight movement to get out of the way or block or, or even catch. And it just looks so effortless. Yeah. That I would love to get to that point where it looks effortless or it feels effortless. That's a good, uh, that's a good point. It's a good like observation. Cause it's like you, you put some brand new kid playing dodgeball. I mean, they will jump six feet to the right to move, to, to yeah. get the clearance of like, we only needed like maybe three inches. You get an experienced yeah. player like, oh, you just got to kick to the right just a little bit and then I can charge or I can just, you know, not burn all this energy. But it's fun to watch. Like you, it's it's cool to see oh, like how far you've come by watching new people play and just like, they act like their life is on the line. Like they will die if they get hit by that ball or the ball's lava. Get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll jump like eight feet in the air. <laughs> it's like so unnecessary, but fun to watch. I'm like, how are you? Just stop, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> just relax, man. You're not gonna die. Just, just th- this is all I have to do. Just, just dot, just nod your head a little bit, and then you're fine. But so constantly, I'm like, did, did you have to do that, really? <laughs> I love the people that run out of bounds. Like, okay, you dodged it, but you're out. So good job, kid. <laughs> Great job. Okay, man. I'm totally gonna name drop Yoshio. <laughs> oh yeah, he did that so much. Just no concept. I think of... He slid out of bounds more than he actually got out. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like this slide that just doesn't stop, and you're just like, oh yeah. man, kid. <laughs> well, actually, I'm glad you brought it up because uh, it just so happened that he was showing off his new um, Enigma shirt, right? Because we just talked about. Yeah. The team, so. Yeah, he is. That's very cool. Gotta love the. I hope we get to play. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, gotta love the support when other other people from other regions are supporting your stuff, and it makes you want to play even more bad, that much more badly. I am doing so well I with know. words, um, but the good thing is I've got uh, two questions left, and I think the I think this one we kind of kind of solved, but just what what has pushed you to get better up to this point? So it's like you you say you want to just get to to be as you want to become as man i am really feeling you want to get better into the point where you you peaked like you cannot get any better but what is it about you and we, we kind of touched on this earlier with the fight or flight mentality but has this always been ingrained in you like you just you just want to know what what, what else is out there what else you're capable of or oh yeah i i am huge self-motivated um in a lot of things that i do um, especially something I'm so passionate about. Um, like every time I play, I, I feel my best when I'm having fun and when I'm performing my best. Um, so I think just in my head, like I always want to get better. And I, cause I don't want to sound vain, but I'm like, I want to be the best. I want to be the top. I want to be the best. And I'm going to work so hard to make myself get to that point. Not even just like, I want to throw the hardest or I want to be X, Y, and Z. Like, I want to be well-roundedly one of the top players. And you see, and I think that's kind of like, 
like drives me to constantly better my game because I think, at least in my opinion, once you get complacent and you're like, all right, cool, I'm good. I'm one of the best. Cool. I think that's when you start declining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, once you lose that, well, like, it's like to quote Batman, like victory has defeated you. Like people that just assume this is the best they can be and they, they coast. Yeah. In a couple months, it's over. Like someone else is going to, going to make you regret that, that you stayed dull. You... It's like, it's like the mentality, like you're never satisfied. It's like you, like my husband is like the complete opposite of me. He, <laughs> I'm always like, that's awesome. Even if like we win or if I do something really cool, I'm like, awesome. And I'll be happy for like a few seconds. And I'm like, but I could have done this. And he's like, can you just like focus on the positive that you just did? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but like, it's not good enough. No, moving on. There was some of the other things I could have done better. And for you, that, that equals, like you said, it goes into the passion for the game. It goes into what makes you happy. So being able to, to develop and, and I don't want to say second guess yourself, but just have that introspection be like, okay, I could do this better. That doesn't feel like a chore to you. No, um, I'm kind of, well, that kind of goes with my personality though. Like I'm pretty self-aware. Um, so when I'm playing poorly or when I'm playing well, I'm very aware of that. Um, so when I am, uh, when I'm playing well is usually I've noticed when I'm having the most fun cause I'm not thinking as much. I'm just kind of in the moment and even if I like go back and look at the games that I know that I've had a good time in, I've, I will do things that I've sometimes never done before. And I'm like, well, that's a new skill hmm. because like I'm, I'm doing better. I'm improving, but I'm also not thinking about it. If that makes sense. It's pictured like any RPG game or Xbox saying achievement unlocked. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, for example, like I've never been a crazy dodger before. Um, and I actually, so now I'm going to start name dropping. So in nationals, when the same game that, um, about the Eli Hashimoto thing, um, when we were playing outsiders. I kept seeing this guy. I don't remember his name, but he had, he wore like the headband, um, on outsiders and he kept like not dropping to his knees, but he would like sit back and he would like fall back on his butt and then he would catch and he would catch like everything. Hmm. And I was like, huh, I never thought about dodging backwards. So then like, I think I put that like in my memory bank because I caught myself doing that in uh, the women's tournament in the East. I probably shouldn't be saying all this because people can just like know that I'm going to do this now, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. I just did it because like I saw it and I thought that was so cool and that was so smart. And I was like, huh. And then I saw myself do it. So things like that. I really like, I'm like achievement unlocked. Like it's, it was cool. It's new. They like discovered a new I hope skill. I don't stop doing those things. Like I love seeing cool plays and, and adapting and, and learning from those. I've been, I've been really tempted to try, um, I almost want to say like Vince Marchbanks, but like just, I've seen other doom players do it too, but this, uh, on this, on the same as running backwards and sliding backwards and catching. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like when you're in the moment, like, how do you think to do that? Cause you just think that you're going to be over the back line, but then you learn to like position yourself with enough space that you know 
you can kind of like predict that you're going to do it, but you don't overthink so much that you mess it up. There was like a balance. Yeah. And then you make yourself so small. Like if they overthrow by a foot, then you're in the clear, just lay down. Yeah. I might try that. I might get a concussion or I might just get, get right <laughs> in the chin, but it's kind of one of those things. Like there's always something new to try still. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen like, it there was a There was a spot, a thing in Sin City. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember his name, but he like threw me. I think he was one of the West players. And I was like, uh, I have nothing to do. It was like point blank. And I was like, well, I'm going to fall my butt and try to catch it. I have nothing else to do. I have no ball. I'm dead. So I like lean back and I try to do like the sliding backwards catch. And I like, I think I pushed too hard. I did like a back roll, <laughs> like a, uh, like a backflip thing. And the ball was like lodged into my gut. And I was like, yes, I caught it. But like, I had too much momentum <laughs> that the ball like threw up back up in the air. And as I was rolling, I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> almost not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But going back, I was like, that's so cool. I wish I could do that again. They get the, like the, the first part done. I just got to maybe not use as much thrust or whatever, whatever, however you would describe it. Yeah. It was like, okay, let's do that again, but less, less power, less power. Take it down five, 5%. <laughs> awesome yeah and i think if anybody's picking up a uh, free chicken on you here at this point then they've they definitely deserved it for hanging in here um because i think we're almost past the 130 mark which is fine by me but <laughs> do have one final question and that is um what is your favorite dodgeball memory to date <clears throat> or one that comes to mind oh um the first one that comes to mind is just Going back to the roots, going back to old school dodgeball, uh, 2010 Friday night open gym in Kent State. I had the time of my life there. So I think that's probably my favorite memory of dodgeball. Yeah, Friday night's playing dodgeball and then drinking afterwards, socializing. Oh man, there was a dodgeball house, like a designated townhouse and we would go, it was, it was so fun. That just sounds awesome. Like, like our open nights were typically Wednesdays. We did expand to Mondays, but we also had a Friday night one and it was, we just played dodgeball to Friday night, super late to like 10, 11 PM. And that was usually it. Then we go back to my place and maybe party it up. So yeah, I get that. There's just something so much fun. Like, yeah, we just battled against each other and talk about it afterwards, drink afterwards, get all stupid. And then just look for the yeah. next one. It's like nostalgic. <clears throat> Because yeah. then, like, other other people from other schools would, like, come in and play with us. Um, that's actually how I met, like, Shadid and uh, a couple other people uh, from different states. Like, nice. just from, they just came and they played. And now, like, we've been friends for almost 10 years. So, I don't know. It's a good throwback. Definitely. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm getting all nostalgic now. So, I'll probably be, I'll be going back for between Infinity Existential crisis to memory nostalgia. So it's a good that's balance. what I came here for. I came to remind <laughs> you of all your feelings. <laughs> Excellent. I appreciated that. Um, well, um, the Austin Deke jokes that I have selected uh, is I don't want to say it's inappropriate for a dad joke, but this is this is crossing the proverbial dad joke line. But Austin Deke says, "Why did Princess Leia contract coronavirus? Because she went to Wuhan." Oh, these are gold. Thank you, Austin. This is 
this is really why I want to do the podcast this season is just just for the dad jokes. Um, is he sending the jokes? He well, he posted them on his wall, and the one that he did today, I already did for the South Women's panel, I believe. So I can't, I couldn't do that one. So I had to scroll down his timeline, but he's just dishing these things out. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. If you uh, are you friends with him on Facebook by chance, or I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a few, but I didn't know how many there were. He comes. They're, they're in spurts. Like there was one period where like, I think me and Sergio were talking. Like, have you seen any Austin jokes by by any chance? It's been kind of quiet. Like, is he okay? And then, is he okay? Yeah, and it's just like a surge. So it just depends on. I'm not going to question the man's methods. I'm just going to appreciate the work. But uh, yeah. Keep them coming, Austin. They're they're awesome. Very fun. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to inspect. Definitely, yeah. You're in for a good time. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have. I mean, thank you so much for for being flexible. And I, for some reason, like I know I barely know you, but like I had no doubt in my mind that we'd not be able to uh, talk for more than an hour and a half. I figured this would be a very easy conversation. I don't know if that's from some of the memes you shared creeping on you on Facebook, but, um, this flew by and I'm, I'm really excited to get this out and, um, definitely plan on having you back, um, for eventual recaps with the North. It's, it's great to be able to talk to somebody about NCDA, about North and about the women's perspective too. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I had, I had so much fun. I could totally keep going for nine more hours. <laughs> oh, I will collect on those hours. Trust yeah, me. No, I thank you. I'm, this is so cool to me. I love this podcast. I think it's awesome. Uh, just, I'm so appreciative. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, you bet. Well, I think we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right. So that was my interview with uh, Sam Hutter. And Sam, thank you so much um, for being flexible, per usual, and be willing to uh, to hop on and talk dodgeball with, uh, I would almost say, a, a complete stranger. I mean, we've had some interactions briefly on the court in Sin City and a little bit on Facebook. But for some reason, I just figured you'd be a really chill, awesome person to talk to and one of the reasons why I was really excited to talk to you also was because of the um, the expertise and experience that you've had from being a um, NCD player turned elite slash um, eventually premier once once we get out of this COVID nonsense. And uh, really happy to, to pick your brain on on what it's like playing in the North and also delve a little bit into the, uh, the female perspective as well, especially since um, in the OG panel discussion, they had mentioned um, your efforts in recruiting women to play. And, um, yeah, I hope, I hope people got a lot of good stuff out of this one. Um, it's definitely hard to not change, uh, subjects and just go wherever the conversation went, but that's something I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit more of. So it flows better. Um, I don't know if people like that, but, um, there's one way to let me know. So anyway, um, for those of you that are still listening, um, thanks as always for doing so. Hope everybody's doing well in week, whatever this is of quarantine. I, I hope that we're almost out of this. It being, mid-April already and uh, hope we're playing dodgeball very soon from now but uh, pretty usual have a great uh, rest of your evening a great rest of your week great weekend and we'll see you next time I wanted to just kind of give a real funny, uh, not for me, update. Uh, so this episode was recorded on uh, Monday the 13th, and around the 12-minute mark, um, I mentioned how lucky I was to still have a gym. Um, well, the funny thing is the following day, the 14th, they, they closed it. So there's a mandate that all gyms and all military installations are, are, are closed now. So great job, Stephen.